This is week two, our last day, day five of looking through the book of Joshua. And today we're going to look at what happens in our lives as we fight the battles of life. We're walking through chapter five and what happened in Joshua's life as they prepared their hearts for victory. And Joshua has, by God's grace, prepared all of the people for victory. But God still has something to do in Joshua's life. As you fight the battles of life, it helps to remember that they are not your battles. They're God's battles, heading towards God's victory. And that means that you never fight alone, not those battles. Never, never get into the trap of feeling that you're fighting for God. You are fighting with God alongside you. God is actually fighting through you, his battles. There's no other way to win God's battles than to realize they are God's battles and he's fighting them through you. And in a very powerful way, Joshua is going to be reminded of that in verses 13 to 15. Listen to what happened. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and he asked, are you for us or our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, before we get into the lessons for our life, there is a question in this passage, and that is, who was this man? This man that stood before Joshua, this commander of the Lord's armies. It's a deeper theological discussion to get into this, but it is well worth it. This is an example of a number of times in the Old Testament when a figure called the angel of the Lord or the commander of the Lord's armies appears before people. It's evident as you read the passages in the Old Testament that this is more than an angel. This commander, this angel, he is spoken of in terms that relate more to God himself. Just a few examples. Back in Genesis 16, the angel whom Hagar sees says he would increase her descendants. Only God can increase descendants. Angels can't do that. And Hagar recognizes the angel as the God who sees me. The Bible refers to him as the Lord who spoke to her. In Exodus 3, we're told the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the flames of fire from within the bush. And God called to him. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. So we're equating again the angel of the Lord and God. In Genesis 18, 1 and 2, we're told that the Lord appeared to Abraham also in the form of a man. And here you have Joshua worshiping this commander of the Lord's host. He calls him the Lord. And he bows before him and worships him. The the figure that's before him does not reject that worship. An angel would. Don't worship me, worship God. You see that in the book of Revelation. But instead accepts that worship. In fact, says, take off your sandals. The place that you're standing is holy ground. That's That's what God said to Moses at the burning bush. Now, there's no single biblical reference that describes the identity of this angel of the Lord that says this is exactly who this is. But as you put together these different appearances, the great majority of Bible scholars see these as appearances of Christ on earth before his human birth. Remember, Jesus has always existed. He became a man at Bethlehem. He became a baby, but he's always existed. Now, did he look like Jesus of Nazareth? No, no. It's not like he was born. He didn't physically become a man. This is a spiritual appearance of Jesus before he came to become a man. 
He simply here takes on the appearance of a man so that Joshua can talk to him. Now, there's a term that theologians use for this. The term that theologians use for an appearance of Christ on earth before his birth in Bethlehem is a Christophany. An appearance of God is a theophany, theo, God, ophany. Appearance of Christ is a Christophany. This is that kind of an appearance of Jesus. Here's Joshua meeting with Jesus before he goes in to fight the battles. Now, theology means something. In fact, theology means everything. What we believe about God means everything. So what does all this theology mean? It means you do not fight alone. You do not fight the battles of life alone. Jesus says, I will be with you. He's promised us that in the New Testament, and he's promising Joshua that right here. I'll be with you. Joshua meets the captain of the Lord's host, and an entire army of the Lord stood behind in all the battles that they would face. If you're gonna emerge victorious from life's struggles, and you're gonna have them, you might be going through one right now, you have to face them with the confidence that the Lord fights with you, that the Lord fights for you. Now, as you have that confidence, just a quick warning before we go further into this. Be careful with that confidence. Did you notice what happened when Joshua said, are you for us or for our enemies? An interesting answer from the commander of the Lord's host. He says, neither, neither. God is for God and we're created to serve him. So be careful of what you mean when you say, God is on our side, God is on my side. In one sense, that is absolutely true. He is for you, he is working in you. But don't make the mistake of thinking that having God on your side means that he's against everyone else. He's against everyone that's against you. Truth is, God's on everyone's side. He's working to make everyone, cause everyone to come to him. Even more, God is working to get us, every one of us, on his side. I know there are some enemies that will reject him. I know there are some enemies of God that will be judged, but that does not mean that God's not working to bring them to him. So this idea that somehow I've got an in with God and you don't, that's not what the scripture teaches. The scripture teaches instead that I need to recognize God is working in everyone's life to do something wonderful, even those who are his enemies. He's trying to bring them to him. Now with that in mind, there are two attitudes in Joshua that helped him in this moment to recognize and to begin to draw on God's strength. He needed it in his personal life. These two things were an attitude of servanthood and an attitude of worship. If you have those two things, it's gonna carry you through the battles of life. Just those two things, an attitude of servanthood and an attitude of worship. An attitude of servanthood, he says, what message do you have for your servant? God does not fight for those who'd use him as a pawn. God, I'll tell you what, here's what I want you to do, now you fight for me. God, I'll go to church this week. I'll even read the Bible a little bit. And now you fight for me. You get done what I want done in my business, in my family, wherever. You help me to make the money that I want to make or get the person to do what I want them to do. You do that for me and I'll keep going to church. God does not work in the lives of those who'd use him as a pawn. God works in those who recognize him as their king. I'm your servant. You want to win the battles of life? Be a servant. Be a servant to God and a servant to others. It's upside down thinking, no doubt about it. It's the kind of thinking that Jesus challenged in our lives. You have an attitude of servanthood. That's how you emerge victorious in life. And then you have an attitude of worship. Joshua falls on his face before this angel. He takes off his sandals because he's on holy ground. He worships him. Recognizing and reverencing God's holiness, God's greatness, causes these qualities 
to make their way into your thinking, to make their way into your actions. When I act in life based on just who I am and what I do, sometimes I'm gonna act in pride, sometimes I'm gonna act in fear. It's gonna be based on me and who I am and what I do, what I can get done. But when I take the time to worship God, it can begin to change my thinking. So that instead of acting just based on what I think I can get done, I begin to act based on who I know God is. And that changes everything. The the battles of life, they can seem very confusing, very big sometimes, very overwhelming. Maybe you're there right now. And you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. These two simple things will get you through every time. An attitude of servanthood. God, how can I serve you even through this? How can I serve others even through this? And an attitude of worship. No matter what happens, God, I'm going to keep worshiping you. Because in this world where everything isn't great, you are great. And you have a plan that's greater than this world. What we've looked at, all that we've looked at these last few days, comes as they're facing their first big battle. This battle they're going to have at Jericho. And if you're at that point in life right now where you're facing a big battle, these are verses that are right, right for you, right in your heart's place. Maybe you're facing a Jericho right now. See it as an opportunity for God to win a victory. Not for you, but for God to win a victory. And the way to do that, the way to begin is to do what God called them to do in these verses that we've looked at today and even back into last week. What do you do? You measure your dream, you solidify your faith, you recognize the Lord. You measure your dream. You look at what God only, only God can do. You solidify your faith. You trust him instead of yourself. And then you recognize the Lord. His presence is going to go with you. One of the great ways to do that is in prayer, so let's do it right now. Our Father, as we spend a few moments with you, we recognize that the battles are yours and not ours. And that there's a victory that you want to win in this world through our lives. Forgive us for those times when we pridefully think it's just about us. We know you do. We know you see how weak we are sometimes. And Lord, give us instead a broader vision, a vision to see that we're a part of what you're doing in this world. Thank you for allowing us to be a part. Help us to measure that dream that you have for our lives, to see the vision of what you want to do, to solidify our faith, to start trusting in you and not just ourselves. And Lord, to recognize that you're with us every step of the way. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Next week, next week we're going to find out that the song was wrong. It wasn't Joshua who fought the battle of Jericho. Next week we're going to see God fights the battle of Jericho. (laughs) 